This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, folks, I uh, hope everybody's safe, healthy, continuing to stay this way. Wash the hands. Um, as I'll always say, you know, look out for your neighbors, look out for your family. Somebody's running in the store, send out a text. You need something to do here to help out everybody else. So the least you can do in the times that we're in with everything that's going on. I appreciate you for while you're locked in, sticking with us here on Locked On Browns. Uh, one of my favorite guests we're going to sit down here with today. Um, and he, you know, the heart was waning a little bit in 2019, but I think they're starting to reel him back in here from the NFL Network, from the Around the NFL podcast. Mr. Mark Sessler. Mark, first things first, um, obviously I'm over here on the East Coast here, not far out of New York City. Obviously with you out in California near L.A., we're in two of the rougher spots here as far as everything that's going on. How's the family holding up? What's the daily life like? How are you guys, you know, meaning, you know, basically getting through from basically wake up time and breakfast to bedtime each night? Yeah, thanks for having me on and and, and for asking that. I It's been uh, like a, at home, at least I'll start there, just the process of Suddenly, our two young children, our boys who, you know, we're going off to school every day, are home like everyone else's kids. And, you know, we're both working full time, lucky to be working right now, obviously. But, you know, trying to bake in like teaching uh, long division principles and learning about like Benjamin Franklin and all this other business happening while, you know, NFL news was breaking at a pretty furious pace for a couple of weeks there. Um, you know, I'd never I think like with most parents, like you're just never really having um, had to juggle in that fashion. And, you know, we, I think that the, some of the hardest things is just being like cooped up all in the same relatively small living space where it's like, we can't really even go out and kick the ball around um, if anyone else is choosing to do the same thing. And I think there's an LA side to it beyond my house where, you know, I think LA's done a pretty good job at this point where the streets are empty. Um, people are, from what I can see in my part of LA following, you know, the guidelines, but there is, I don't know how to, I don't want to oversell it, but just an eerie feel in the air um, that I've gotten when I've walked up to our local, like Ralph's or CVS, like to get groceries or even attempt to that. I, I just, I get a little concerned about where LA would be um, a month or two later down the road from this, but right now uh, it's, I would give I would give a city that you know is want to occasionally uh, melt into negativity and and problems like the total opposite score like the LA's done a good job from where from where from my little part of the neighborhood. Well, that's good, and I think the the most difficult thing is is you know within every movie every story there's a bad guy here. For this, the bad guy it's essentially a sniper. You can't see it, you don't know, and just which makes it difficult. And, you know, you just try to look, I, I do have to leave the house. I do got to get what I get. And, you know, I am going to set the grocery store record for being in and out the fastest as somebody's ever possibly done this. Right. Yeah. It's, I, I agree with that. Like I try to make very quick, you know, we're, we're lucky because for instance, my parents live in, in New Hampshire and they don't, there's no um grocery delivery services when you're in a big city like LA. I mean, almost everything is attached to that. So, you can put it in an order and it will show up five or six days later. It's used to be, you know, 50, 60 minutes. So there, there's that, you got to plan ahead, but that part of it's, it's lucky. But um, yeah, I'm with you that I, I, it's like, I know I'm supposed to be taking these precautions. I, I know that my, my kids are too, but it's this invisible uh, unknown where I, you know, I, I don't 
know how to not catch this at some point um, based on doing anything more than I'm doing right now, which is just staying in my house for the most part. So we all are. And it's just like, it is just kind of like, it feels like the luck of the draw. Like suddenly Tom Hanks has it. How did that happen? You know, so I, it's, I find it just sort of like so society from a society angle, we've obviously never seen anything like this and the future is completely uncharted. And at a time in the year where, you know, we get into our off season and for those of us going, all of us, you know, for that long NFL campaign, you want to think about taking a few vacations and stuff like that. I mean, it's just all been wiped off the board and life has changed so quickly and it flipped the switch flipped in such dramatic, quick fashion that, I am still waking up to the fact that this is even sort of happening at all. Uh, I'm just getting used to the first part in probably 25, 26 years of not even setting an alarm clock. Like it doesn't right. matter. Right. And that's like, it's mind blowing. It's, ah, well, this is what time it is and whatever. And like yeah, our dogs are even like, cause it used to be Saturday and Sunday. The dog's like, no, we got to go out. But like, they're now even like onto this and, for now it is what it is. And, you know, as I tell everybody here on the show, have some patience so you don't end up a patient. That's you know, yeah. the only way we're going to get back to the life that we all obviously miss. And we'd all like to get back to here, but we are here to talk some football, Mark. Um, first things first, you talk the new regime. Um, and it certainly seems like a unified front. And it's weird for some people who aren't Ivy League to talk about these refreshing it's it, you know with freddie it was a lot of hooting and hollering yeah it sounded good and we all were kind of maybe fell for it yeah we're just gonna win because or what went on in that scenario but you listen to these gentlemen talk here and it is details and it's details upon details. And this is how we're going to get to achieving this. And this is the plan we have in place. And things you're hearing now, I mean, it just, you know, and obviously, Mark, you covering the league here. And, you know, for me being the fan and covering this for as long as I have, you've heard what didn't sound like BS. You heard what sound like this is what we've got in our book. And we've got, you know, three, four going to do. This is what you feel like you're getting to this point. Yeah. And, you know, I, some of the reports coming from players and others in the building, uh, you know, out of last season, where I think all of us were trying to crack the code on last year's Browns from week one on that Tennessee route. And really, even when they'd suddenly show promise and then vanish the next week, that there was zero beeline of consistency with the team. And then the reports coming out, you know, towards the end of the year and certainly in the offseason from certain people about, how, you know, when it came down to game planning, and that is details, and that's, you know, the flexibility to alter your game plan um, with confidence in the middle of the game, that just none of that uh, existed. And it's, it's kind of crazy to me that they even in a couple games looked as good as they did because I just, I just don't know if the coaching was ever there on the offensive side of the ball. It just appears to me like it was one of the more disorganized um, Browns coaching staffs on offense that we've seen, and that's saying a lot when you consider what's come in and out of the building since 1999. So you're absolutely right. And I, I came into the Stefanski, Andrew Barry experience with, you know, as a growing up a Browns fan, a fair amount of apathy and not negativity, but just, okay, I, I don't need to generate uh, self interest and hype over this until, you know, I have a very clear idea of what 
who they are and what they're trying to accomplish. And free agency, you know, we can get into that, played out in a way that I think showed um, a, a very clear plan. And Stefanski just spoke today and really complimented Andrew Barry for executing that plan, that they were all on board. And I think from a coaching side, you look at what we thought Kevin Stefanski would want his offense to look like. And the front office went right out and married that with the players that they pursued. And I thought they did a great job in terms of, you know, it's who's going to want to go to Cleveland. We hear this every year. They had mostly sensible contracts with players right in the age range they've talked about. You know, the whole thing that, yes, there was a vision and they they went out and achieved it. And I, I honestly think, I know last year's is the one that got everyone so excited for obvious reasons because of the star power attached to that, that this year's offseason, um, had it happened in reverse order, would have put la- last year's Odell Beckham additions and other stuff in a much better place. I think they, they got help. They just they added good depth on both sides of the ball, and it looks like what I thought a Kevin Stefanski offense specifically um, would look like at this point, you know, from where we are with the draft ahead still. So uh, it is encouraging, and, you know, it's, it's also happening in a, a totally unusual offseason. Um, but even hearing Stefanski talk about what the team is having to do right now during the whole COVID process sounds organized, sounds meticulous. So that's a quality that Browns fans have not had a chance to uh, indulge in watching this team. So I would say that's very, um, I'm encouraged by that. And it seems to apply to everything that Stefanski touches. Uh, well, let's get into that free agency a little bit here. Um, in, these names were mentioned and we talked about them, but, you know, forever has been the case and you never just, you know, said, oh, well, all right, you've got the money. Um, there's, you know, a couple of positions. Oh, look at that. The You just never, you just guys off the board because, you know, it, what was going to sell them Cleveland Browns wise, because obviously the front office or the coaching staff, there's, you know, and then they just hit the ground running day one. It was almost kind of like that. everybody's starter blocks didn't open right away. Like there were still some horses in the gate. Top tackle available in free agency. They were able to nail down the top tight end in free agency, both who fit the system. And to like, well, okay, well, where in the world did this come from? Yeah, I, I, you know, because we've seen this in the past where uh, it, trying to make a statement, trying to kind of win that first 24-hour period uh, meant the Browns, if they were an active front office, would wheel and deal and just grab players that uh, you know could sell tickets. And I mean, that wasn't intentionally their only purpose, but it just seemed like it was go get and overpay anything you can. And there are a couple of free agency periods that I thought, we're dripping with that level of absurdity. This one, you know, you look up and down the board and I, I, I know everyone says you don't want to go just attack need with, with free agency, but I loved the Conklin signing. I think it, it allows the Browns to be more flexible in the draft. Um, there's still another position to go on that line. And the tight, the two tight end uh, proposition is huge in Cleveland because that's what Stefanski uh, I thought did a nice job with in Minnesota. That's what, you know, he and Gary Kubiak, married their attacks together and, and Hooper made a lot of 
sense for Cleveland, and I think he's a player on the rise, and it gives you more flexibility with the future of Dave and the Joku, obviously. And on defense, it's just they're, I think the draft will hit the defense again very hard, but they found this sort of swath of guys on one- and two-year deals, which has a lot to do with the comp pick uh, situation for 2021 and beyond. I think that's important to them. They look at the Ravens and the Patriots and say that is a key um, differentiator between certain teams and others. And they found guys that, that fit what they want to do without, you know, being married to them for three, four, five years or with immense guaranteed money. Uh, I, I just I think it was a sensible draft that made the Browns a lot better. Free, free agency period. Yeah, I mean, the whole, like, plan around it and even, like, the way the names came together and you, you bring in the fact that it was four former four former first-round picks and you look at the age, obviously, Claiborne, the latest signing here, um, he's maybe the outlier here as, you know, obviously closer to 32, but the names they brought in at the ages they're at all coming off first-time deals, you know, obviously some of them with some warts here, obviously most of it is health-related, but you look at what they've done and it, it was just like, well, you know, it's almost like madness. It was like, well, this never happens here. And like, again, like Harvin, back to your point where it was, you know, just if anybody's willing to come hand him the bag here, but it, it was, you know, Oh, well, we need more help on the D line. All right. We'll take care of that. We only have essentially one safety on the roster. All right. We'll go take care of that. Nickel corners, a question we got. All right. We'll jump all over that. And within, you know, eight to nine days, all of a sudden you know, they filled a bunch of holes. Obviously the holes on defense, you, you, you most of them, you probably just double up on here through the draft and we'll get to talk on that here in a little bit but just the way it all lined up and it was you know you know not to say you know the city's been the same you know whether or not the players come or not but the plan was in place and you know Andrew Barry mentioned an aggressive you know mindset here and we all said that's going to be fantastic here um you know everybody wants wanted to be aggressive here in Cleveland it's not panned out but they've also been able to sell the product to these agents and these players yeah, I, you know, the one thing that you'd hear about Andrew Barry when he came to Cleveland, and again, the, it is fair for, you know, Browns fans of a certain age or a demeanor to, you know, be experiencing a fair amount of exhaustion with just like, don't try to tell me the next guy is this, you know, the, the answer because we've been through so many iterations of the coach and the GM um, in fighting and battling. And I, I feel like with Andrew Barry and with Kevin Stefanski, uh, they're married together. The process would, took a little bit longer than some fans would have wanted for them to, you know, get the coach, then get the GM. But these guys can work together. They are on the same page. And, and that sounds like, well, of course they are. Well, of course they haven't been for so many meltdown uh, chapters of the Browns, where when you dig into what was going on, there were some insane elements of um, ego and infighting. And, you know, I, I think it's we've seen ownership also take their foot off the gas a little bit in terms of, you know, they understand that there's more they don't know than they ever realized about running a team. And there's been a lot of bumps in the road, but you do hear a consistent from coaches and GMs saying that the Haslam's want to win, that they, that they have given them the, you know, the, the tools to win the money, the support, all that. So I, I think that part of it um, I would hope is going to be, not a source of drama. And I look that I feel that way about the whole operation. And it's okay that the biggest headlines in Cleveland aren't, you know, semi-scandalous about a lot of stuff and gossip and chatter, that they can be none of those stories and they can just quietly go about their business. And the way that they're functioning, 
because I would say the whole Corona issue um, is obviously a disadvantage for a new staff versus, you know, like does Big Ben um, and Mike Tomlin, can they roll into training camp knowing who they are and knowing how they operate? Yes, they can. And that's true of a bunch of teams. It's not true. of Hearing even Stefanski talk today, I'm willing to buy into the idea that the transition can work because they seem to really all be operating together versus individually and siloed, which has been the past. So it's, it's okay to give them a chance too. I just, I, I, for me, I, I think that what we've seen so far is uh, encouraging, but Cleveland's fans, if you're like me, I just need to see it on the field too. Um, I, I'm a little too snake bit to get too excited at this point. Um, and, and I know, you know, Ryan Burns as well. And Ryan's uh, obviously out there in LA and his enough, enough of nothing. I don't want to hear it. Show me yeah. W's. And that's kind of, you know, 100% with that here more coming with Mark Sessler here on uh, locked on Browns here. Uh, if you have the Google home, um, ask you to play you the latest Cleveland Browns news. You will get short spits, short bursts from me, five minutes, one minute, factual information, player bios, that type of stuff here. Google home, ask it to play you the latest Cleveland Browns news and have me brought up in a shorter format here along with your long show as always, of course here. Let's just, Switch a little bit to the industry side of this here. Now, Mark, yes, the NFL is still going on. Whether that is right or wrong, that's neither one of for us to say because obviously for some of us that is, you know, how we make some money here. So obviously to have this to talk about and have this break is one thing here. But how different has this been here? I mean, you used to get up every day, go to that building. Um, obviously sit with the guys and do a show and and talk on this league here. And now you guys have just been put in like this realm here where it's, you know, you don't have essentially doing the same things that you've been doing for a couple of years. Now it's more where it's like you're getting your information week by week, if not day by day, as about how you guys are going to go about your business. Yeah, it's, it's certainly been different um, with our little podcast group specifically. I think that we've been through, so many iterations of the show and how it uh, was to, to, to look and feel. We're probably a little more flexible than uh, some, especially on-air operations where it's so unusual to not be in a studio space. Uh, for us, you know, we, we quickly, uh, without a lot of, you know, no one ordered us to do anything. I think it, to, I, I, give the, I give NFL media credit for when this all broke, they knew that there was a lot of, uh, you know, family involvement and everything changing. No one was like, you know, guys, you better just keep grinding. It's like, let's come up with a solution. Do the shows you want to do. Um, we have a producer, Erica Tamposi, who, you know, thankfully being a decade plus younger than the rest of us, like from a tech side, like jumped right in and said, <laughs> download this, buy these, you know, mics, buy this, this light, blah, blah, blah. And within short order, and thankfully this happened when you could still sort of get deliveries on Amazon you know, relatively quickly, we were up and running um, remotely and it's been different. It's no doubt. uh, It's just strange operating almost without speaking to another human uh, at all. And then we jump on daily and do our show. So I think there's a part of us, even like us talking right now about something, you know, other than what's happening. I appreciate it because it's like the only social interaction that I have. And it's with guys that I really, we, we, you know, we've, been through it all together. So from an industry side, it's, it's, 
we've made it work the best we can. And it's, you know, there are people, this is not by far on the front lines of what anyone's dealing with. We're just, you know, we're hoping to provide a little bit of entertainment here and there and, and keep the show going. But at the same time, um, I think it's like with anything else, if this stretched on into the season or we were covering games remotely this way, I think it's, it's such a vastly new world than um, anything we've, we've seen at NFL for sure. Um, yeah, and, and even you know, for me though, because you know, I, I'm reaching out to you and what are the other guests, and I'm like, oh, when are you available? Um, <laughs> when are you good to go? <laughs> All the time, <laughs> because you know, uh, you know, computers <laughs> are doing the school teaching. The kids are here, um, and with my girls being 13 and 12, most of the time they just go to the fridge and feed themselves. As far as making you know, real meals, that Check stuff that. comes up, and it's you know, it's a whole new world for all of us. And look, there, you know, it's new, and obviously it's difficult, and it comes with challenges. But, you know, as I've been saying to other guests here, we're never going to get this opportunity again. When are you going to, you know, when is it going to be, you know, okay for, you know, everybody in your house to be stuck home for a month? So find a way to make the best of it. Find a way to enjoy it for the time being. It, You know, it's the situation that we're being dealt with at the time. And just, you know, look, you know, only the strong will survive, so to speak here. Um, year three, Baker Mayfield, um, beginning, you know, the off season and the Baker Mayfield's forever catching up on the pictures of him or whatever. God, does that become some long minutia here? The system that is going to come in here with Kevin Stefanski's offense. Can we get back to what was Baker Mayfield in 2018 um, with the cohesion and the unison that should be taking the field for whenever 2020 starts here? Are we going to get back to the Baker Mayfield that everybody fell in love with in 2018, Mark? I, you know, I want circling back to trying to diagnose what was going on with Baker Mayfield like a year ago. And I had a weekly sort of Browns uh, spot that I did with, hey, what is going on with Baker Mayfield? And it's like, I, you know, because I'm not I'm not put in the category of like tape junkie that like, you know, spent five years as a coach. So it's like I I watch as much as I can. And, and I got to the point with Baker Mayfield where, yes, um, poor decisions. Yes, seemed to be kind of pressing too hard and making uh, riskier throws than we needed and just seemed out of sync with everyone. And I, I, to me, I want to almost look back at last year and I'm talking about everyone on that offense and just say, okay, Mulligan. I mean, we, we have to approach the game differently. I, is Baker Mayfield someone where it is football and nothing else in his life? That didn't seem to be the case last year, but there are five or six, seven or eight, nine quarterbacks in the, in the league that treat each week of the season that way and the off season that way. So part of it is, I just think the natural maturation process of a young player um, going through some lumps and maybe thinking coming off of year one, that working 10 times harder going into year two uh, might not have been the number one priority. I don't know that I, I took him to be someone that, that works hard, that cares. His teammates seem to like him a lot. So I don't have a huge problem with, with, Baker Mayfield, the person um, at all. I, I think that that is something that you're going to just, he, this, that's his journey. And I think he's a good leader, but from a on-field angle, I feel incredibly hopeful uh, that there'd be a, a, you know, an element of a bounce back. And is it going to be as pristine as it was during moments of the rookie campaign where kind of just everything that often just caught fire as, as a group and, that's what should be happening down the stretch with a good team um, that, you know, where they're playing with cohesiveness. Last year, they never got on that page 
I, I don't love the, the calendar of this offseason, obviously, but with the way that from what we're seeing with, with Stefanski's approach to each individual player and talking over and over about we have goals for Baker Mayfield, um, they're very specific. There are things that we're looking at with his footwork, with his drop, all this stuff. It's like this coaching staff is going to be super plugged in. That alone is such a sea change from a year ago that I do think we're going to get a better version of Baker Mayfield in an offense that will not rely on him, you know, because there's really no existing plan past the first drive or two to just sort of, you know, cook up uh, stuff on his own. I think it's going to be a much more um, controlled approach where Baker Mayfield isn't wondering what's going on with the communication between he and the rest of the coaching staff. Uh, yeah, that's, I think for me going to be the biggest thing. And, uh, you know, with the offense coordinator, uh, you know, that they brought in here, who's, you know, you know, quote unquote, maybe more of a quarterback coach than an offensive coordinator, which is fine here. And I think they've done everything they can to make sure that the, um, you know, the messages are going to get relayed and the communication is going to be open and it's going to be concise where everybody understands, um, which is obviously a, you know, a far cry from where we were last year here. We'll get to a little bit more here with Mark. Um, guys, one thing, if you're getting out of the house, guys, gals, check on the neighbors, send a text, whatever you got to do, make a phone call. Um, some of your neighbors are elderly. You know, you may have one parent at home with some kids. If you need, anybody needs some help, reach out to everybody, be kind to each other. It's the only way we survive through times like we're currently going through. If we're ready or not, Mark, in three weeks from today, there is going to be a draft. The 2020 NFL draft is coming um, for the naysayers. Yes, I understand. Maybe it's not the right time. Can it all be done without everybody gathering together? Obviously, it can be because this is the plan the NFL has going forward here. What do you see, Mark? And I know for what you guys do, it's not huge draft oriented. You guys obviously, you know, covers. We get closer. Talk about it as it goes down here. What do you see as the fan in you as holes that are left here on this roster? What do you think some positions of need still are yet to be taken care of? I think it's the way that they attacked free agency and, you know, address certain uh, issues that maybe look at air, you know, position groups in the draft that aren't as strong. And so that's, that makes more sense to go, uh, you know, look at during the open market period of this. Uh, I, they set themselves up really well. I love the Jack Conklin signing because they needed two tackles. And that's, that's a bigger ask in some cases than finding a quarterback when you need two tackles in the NFL. And they, they, they had literally nothing at the spot. Uh, I love that they got Conklin and that they, that they, you know, they're, they're committed to keeping him obviously at right tackle, not forcing him into a different situation. And then you find your left tackle with that first, uh, with the best one available in the first draft. I think that for me, I look at the linebacker position. I, you know, this is not breaking news that when you let, you know, Christian Kirksey and Schobert, that was my one, that was the one move I didn't, totally uh, love was letting Schobert walk. And I know there's a split opinion on him, but he kind of seemed to me to fit uh, the draft and develop mold that I'd like to see Cleveland, uh, you know, not, not just remove, move on from these guys. I get the, the price tag was a bit much, but that's a, that's a hole to fill because you've got some relatively, you know, unknown scenarios happening there. I, Mac Wilson to me, I think there are moments that suggest, um, uh, a lot to like, but it's hard again to figure out what what to take from last season with the, with the way that whole thing was running. Uh, I like that they padded the secondary, which was an obvious need at safety. Um, why not continue to find 
young players all over the defense. The, when I look at offense, yeah, it's there, there are that this is the, the trap you can fall in because a year ago you'd start to say and you hear all these, you know, puff pieces puff pieces out there like the Browns have no weakness, you know, they've they're absolutely fine like on both sides of the ball and it, it's just easy to look at the offense and still kind of feel that way um, outside of the offensive line uh, depth and adding the left tackle. So I, I think for me, it's like you go and attack and get as many uh, got whatever, and anyone that can pass rush from the inside or the outside, shore up the linebacker position and Cleveland will be a lot better off than they were in January. Uh, no, I, I, I... I couldn't agree with you more. And you know, the work they done they did to get to this point here, and, and you know, like you said, getting two tackles here. Um, it's a great premise to have, but I mean, they literally needed starting tackles. It's and to get that number one chip off uh you know off the board through free agency when you're still holding the number 10 overall pick. Um, in you know, plenty of mocks. Well, you can't go tackle at 10 and 41. Well, did you see the tackle play last year, guys? This is why you're going to go. So you take care of one of those right away. You put it right to bed. Um, and obviously it's going to allow you the flexibility here because there are other positional needs here. Um, with the defensive line as it's currently constructed, you have six, you know, if you want to say brand names here, but at least it's guys with some proven record here. And whether it's three on the inside and three on the outside, you, you know, continue one, hopefully want to add and continue to add there. If you can go one outside, one inside, that's fantastic. Um, but yes, the linebacker position as it is, and there were flashes of Matt Wilson here and everybody, yep. you know, there's two ways to look at it. Was it, he wasn't ready yet, which I'm sure their plan wasn't for him to be starting week three as a fifth round pick with Kirksey going out. So there were some flashes and the question is, well, how much did he absorb in year one? Are those mistakes not going to be mistakes he makes in year two? Because after 14 games, he picked up on a ton. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, it, it speaks volumes that the Browns were willing to move on from two, two veterans. And, you know, it, it, at the combine, both of these young linebackers, Takataka two were mentioned. And it's like, I, I think there is uh, in-house faith in them and, Okay, I will. I I I see no reason why a second-year linebacker shouldn't have a bigger role. Uh, you know, it's just that this it, there are a lot of these. When you have a new regime, you wonder if they're just going to come in and change everything. And I think one thing to appreciate is again, it points to you know not this entire thing being an ego fight. Is that the front office and coaching staff came in and said we have a lot of talent here, and there was I think there were real concerns at one point that they would fire sale and move on from. Beckham and you know who whoever else and instead none of that's really happened and I think they liked the look of the roster it did fit in many ways what they wanted to do they found the other guys and I think they're pretty they're pretty straightforward like I don't you know I think there have been a few uh, used car salesman types coming through the building in in past years and I don't get that feeling with with barriers to fansky that when they point out you know something that they're looking for in the draft uh, they're telling the truth. And I, I just I have a feeling that we're it's not going to be a stunningly surprising selection of players. I think it's going to be defensive heavy, uh, the, the the positions you mentioned, and and just more depth along the line and linebacker because it's a great draft from, you know what you hear for the uh, up front, and you just can never have enough um, defensive linemen. Like I would say, depth there is as important as any point any position in the league right now. Well, and if you look at the way it is currently construed, um, you have, you know, Olivier Vernon and, you know, where where he could be towards the end of his deal. All three interior guys could be towards the end of their deal. 
So to just continue, you never want to be, you know, a year late. You always want to be a year early as far as, you know, catching your depth with contractual things of that nature here. Um, before we put a bow on this, Mark, NFL-wise, the world-wise, Cleveland Browns-wise, the floor is yours, sir. Well, I just, you know, I, I know a lot of people are, are killing the, the league for, for having proceeded with free agency and the draft the way they did. I That part of it I don't have a problem with. I I do really wonder what how this will be tr- treated from now until, you know, when you if, if OTAs and camps melt away, that presents a huge um, issue for the Browns and all teams. And so I, I, to me, it is, I just, I hope, my hope is that it doesn't turn into a completely lost year for so many uh, coaches and players, but ha- having been in this totally unprecedented situation, like I, part of me finds it interesting too. And I, I think it's going to be an NFL lead up to an NFL season that, I mean, stands out as completely unforgettable because of what's happening in life. And I'm not sure that the NFL depending on where we are three or four months from now, will even be on anyone's mind. So I just think that the, you know, it's, well, at one hand, I'm plugged in and trying to follow all this. And, you know, the other side of it, it's just like, what, where are we going to be in mid-June? And, 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 and why and how? So, you know, like, if anything, you can tell, I just feel cloudy-minded about what's going to happen with the league this year and stuff. But there's another world where three or four, you know, a couple months from now, things could be normalized. Um, and if that's the case, I think this Browns roster, and I, you know, it's hard to utter words like this after last off season too. It just seems as strong as I can remember uh, since their return. And I mean, by leaps and bounds. So with a better coaching staff, I mean, in a seventh uh, playoff spot in each conference, I don't know why the optimism shouldn't be there. I just think that if people are feeling like me, I'm coming off last year like it was just an absolutely hideous breakup, and I'm not ready to get back in the dating pool quite quite yet, but <laughs> all that either. And if you start to fall and feel something for the Browns, maybe just do what you normally do. Hang on and see how it goes. Yeah, um, like one I keep circling back to is, is going to be like – you know, obviously a great example with the Browns and, you know, new regime and all this is the New England Patriots. You know, however, this that train finally gets on the track and you would have thought, you know what, with all that's going on and we have no stability or no idea where the season's going. Let's just make it work with Tom for one more year, as opposed to basically, you know, ripping it down to its core. Granted, everybody else is there, but I mean, for the offensive side of the ball, you've done everything the same for two decades and when does it actually start and, and how does that work? So like they're going to be, A, it was going to be fascinating regardless because there was going to be no longer Tom Brady in New England. But now if it's going to be limited by the time they can finally get to work, you know, how much can they do? What's it going to look like? Yeah, and it's, I've never, uh, I've never seen the AFC um, at a more uh, defined, you know, tangible turning point because of exactly what's happening in New England and the fascination of what will Tom Brady achieve minus the Patriots aura behind him. And what will the Patriots achieve without Tom Brady? And that, that will be the final chapter on this incredible 20 year long run um, where Brady was with the same team. And I just, I always looked at that organization and saying they could handle anything. They can find their way through um, ups and downs because they've had this married unified vision dating back to pre uh, Y2K, where I, you know, we we are enchanted by a team that's changed their philosophy 
30 to 40 times in the same span. And that's just a competitive disadvantage. So now, you know, I, I think that New England's um, steps forward will be fascinating, but I would still give Belichick. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they found a way to go 11 and five uh, and, and get into the playoffs and cause noise, because I think this is a challenge that both sides uh, were very willing to explore. And I, and I feel like Tom Brady's decision to leave New England did not just come a couple days ago. I think that he had a feeling this was going to be the case for a while. And I think the Patriots knew it too. That's, that's just my guess. I just think they knew this breakup was pending for some time. It's, it's certainly possible. And, you know, there's, you know, probably some sort of, you know, Bill wondering what can I do without Tom and Tom saying, what can I do without Bill? And you know, obviously Bill, you know, there's no time ticking away for him as long as he's on the sidelines, but for Tom, there eventually was, um, you know, there's only so long you can actually do it between the white, you know, between the stretch, so to speak. So I definitely think that had a lot to play in both of this year. Uh, Mark wanted to thank you here guys. And look, it's different now and it's not done with the same create the normalcy of a studio, like Mark said, but you're still getting quality quant- uh, content. You're still getting outstanding work from Mark and the crew from the around the NFL podcast. So make sure you're checking that out. Obviously, written work over uh, NFLnetwork.com from Mr. Mark Sessler. Mark, to you, your wife, your kids, I, I just, you know, I wish you guys health. Um, and obviously for the kids, you know, just the patience to remain through all this. Yeah, and same to you. And I, you know, I, I kind of told myself I wasn't going to do any kind of Browns chatter until I, had, until I had an idea of what they wanted to accomplish and how they wanted to go forward. And we have, we do have more of a picture, but at the same time, like, I feel as much up in the skies as ever before because our like the whole universe, and, you know, it, it's impossible to get a real clear beat on the Browns. I feel like sometimes, but uh, I am encouraged and thanks for having me on all the best to your family. And I hope that when we talk again, maybe after the draft, we have more of a picture of what I think is one of the best rosters Cleveland's had in eons. Yeah. And it'll be nice to know when we can actually, uh, you know, Again, get that uh, train on the track, so to speak. Yes. Uh, make sure you are following at Mark Chesler, uh, S-E-S-S-L-E-R, on obviously on the Twitter machine, folks. Um, the podcast is fantastic. One of mine. Um, it's difficult to get them all in, but uh, you know, Mark and the guys over there do a fantastic job. Uh, so make sure you're following. Make sure you're listening to the show itself at Locked On Browns. Always a follow back account. DMs are open. Any ideas? Nothing's too weird right now, guys. We got nothing but free time on our hands. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open there as well. Again, you know, weird stuff. Look, we got time here. Um, we do have a draft three weeks away, but we got time. We got a lot to talk about here. Um, always here for you guys. You know that. Everybody stay safe. Stay healthy. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.